actually, they say that like when you learn Torah with somebody, you actually, you, you, you join souls. You, mm. Your souls, they, they bind or they join. There's a, there's a Kesher at that moment. Welcome to the Holy Sparks podcast. Our mission is to illuminate the brightest lights in the Jewish world and beyond so that we elevate the Holy Sparks within us and make the world around us a better place. I'm your host, Saul Kay. If you're looking for inspiration, edutainment, or simply want to discover people doing amazing things in and around the Jewish world, you're in the right place. Also want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, JLTV, Jewish Life Television Network. JLTV is a 24-7 cable and satellite television network delivering news, history, and entertainment. JLTV brings together the greatest voices from around the country, across the world, and from the Holy Land. Go to jltv.tv for stories that inspire. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special edition of the Holy Sparks podcast. I'm live here with my friend Nathaniel at Chabad of Richmond. You can see the arc in the background. And we're going to get to why we are here in just a moment. But without further ado, let me edify the man properly. Nathaniel Solomon is a Kundalini yoga meditation instructor. He graduated from the Kundalini Research Institute and has been practicing yoga and meditation for over 15 years. Nathaniel holds a BA in English literature from George Mason University and studied rabbinics, chassidut, and kabbalah at Beit Midrash or Hachaim, Yeshivat Simchat Shlomo, and Yeshivat Sulam Yaakov in Jerusalem, Israel. Nathaniel's yoga classes consist of a full workout spirited with breathing exercises and chanting. He teaches practical, ethical, effective yoga exercises from both Eastern and Western traditions appropriate for all levels of experience. Nathaniel is a member of Yoga Alliance and IKYTA, International Kundalini Teachers Association. And I'm proud to call him my friend. It's been about 15, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, nice to maybe, see you, brother. Welcome to the podcast. This is a this is only the second time I've done an in-person podcast like this. So this is great. How are you doing today? I'm good, so how are you doing? Rosh Hashanah's right around the corner. Coming up, man. I feel I feel the the gravitas coming, you know? It's, it's a it's a big blessing and a big responsibility. So well, I definitely want to get to your whole journey, but for people that don't know you, why don't you tell a little bit about your growing up? Uh, your youth, and then we'll get into your Jewish journey. Okay. I am uh, originally from Virginia and right outside of D.C. And I came out here in the mid-90s. I'd really say 96. The first time I came out here was in 1989, but I moved out here officially in 1996, and I've been uh, Bay Area, Northern California ever since. Did you come to the, well, we're in the sort of the Northeast Bay, or did you come to Berkeley, or where'd you come? I came to I came to El Cerrito, which okay. is almost is is the Berkeley area, the Berkeley area, okay. and I landed there with some uh, friends from uh, Washington D.C. Beautiful. Okay, now talk about your your growing up. Did you grow up Jewish? Did you go to Jewish day schools? Talk about that a little bit. Uh, I did not grow up Jewish. I actually converted to Judaism over twenty years ago, maybe. 23, 24. I've actually lost count. As they say in the Bay Area, what a long, strange trip it's been. It's been over half Amazing. my life. I'm in my, I don't want to say my age online, but I'm, I'm, I'm over 5 But I'm still young. 
Okay, so, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time I've had someone that's, uh, people call it different things. Nowadays, I think they call it Jew by choice, the member of the tribe. And I really want to, if you don't mind, let's unpack that a little bit. Like, what was that process like? And what can you say about that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, how I came to um, uh, Judaism is interesting. I actually had a connection with uh, Rastafari and reggae music for a very, very long time. As a matter of fact, I uh, went through uh, the whole process of conversion with uh, very long dreadlocks. Very, very interesting trip. That's actually, you know, one of the... Saul met me when I had long hair. I, I actually shaved my head right after uh, the pandemic just happened. I was uh, looking for a fresh start, and the world's been kind of crazy. But now I'm... Uh, you're looking just clean, like, man. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> Most like. people don't know. I had long hair for 20 years, man, like down to here. There are photos online. Don't don't Google me. But no, we met when he was like full on Rastafarian. But so were you were you part of that tradition or? Uh, yeah, I was. I was part of that tradition. I uh, traveled to Jamaica and I um, uh, had a lot of friends. I met this one instructor inspirational interesting person after actually i came out to california and his name was ilica he actually had a diploma in rastafari if you ever believe that from the nyabingi house of theocracy he said his name means god walks kind of like halaka ilica oh, like halakha that's right uh -huh, exactly uh -huh. exactly and um uh he inspired me to read the Bible. I wasn't reading the Bible so much then, and I started reading more and more, and then eventually I, um, uh, I made, a, made a trip to Jamaica with some friends. I came back, and shortly after that, I uh, went to synagogue for my very first time. And that was actually, that was, that, that was, that, that was actually on the high holidays. There's a lot of things that happened in between that time, then I went to synagogue, I actually went to university, and I learned Hebrew at UC Berkeley, and I learned Arabic too. So I speak Hebrew, and I speak Arabic. I can read, read Arabic, basic Arabic, like the newspaper and stuff like that, dictionaries, but uh, my strength and my strong uh, uh, skills are in Hebrew. And uh, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where things started. After that, I went to I went to a synagogue after I'd learned Hebrew fluently, and uh, my first time in a synagogue was actually Rosh Hashanah. Amazing in the Bay, right here in the East Bay. What which school was it? It was um, uh, it was Chabad. Chabad <laughs> Berkeley. Yeah, was, yeah, place? yeah, yeah. It was Chabad. Yeah, it was Chabad Berkeley, and okay. it was in um. Uh, What's that place, that hotel up the, oh, up, up the right across the street? Hotel Durant? Hotel Durant, uh, yes, yes. Okay. okay, so, which is amazing on so many levels because you probably coming into that service were more fluent in Hebrew than many people that were there. Facts. Hashtag facts. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I could already, I, I, I picked up the cedar and I just started flying. And um, uh, it was a very nice introduction dip into the pool of Yiddishkeit, um, the world of Judaism, and I was, I was at all. And uh, it's very, very, the Shliach Sibor of Chabad, of Chabad Berkeley, he's, he's, he's legendary in his own ways, he's, but he's very, very soulful, very soulful. So I think a lot of that had, had to do, the services were very nice. So that was my first time going to service, was Rosh Hashanah. 
And for anyone that doesn't know that word, shliach tzibor is the person that's leading the prayer, and I think you're referring to Rabbi Ferris? Yes. Okay, good friend of ours. That was great. Okay, so first service, Rosh Hashanah. I mean, you just started in the deep end of the pool. There was no, like, you know, morning minion. You just went full on. And then what happened after that in terms of your Jewish journey? The Jewish journey just started right then. Okay. Like the official, you know, Shomre, Mitzvot, keep the commandments, keeping Shabbat. I think it, that, 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 was, that, was, that was like a major, major turning point. I'd already actually traveled throughout the world, through Europe and different places. I, I was, I was well-seasoned and I was obviously looking and searching for something and it had already gone through the efforts of how to learn Hebrew and speak Hebrew. And I, I guess it was just a gradual organic next step was to just start getting more and more involved. They gave me a book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell, Yosef Yitzhak, mm-hmm. the um, uh, Sefer Tehillim. Mm-hmm. And I used that. And that became one of my best friends. The Psalms, beautiful. Now, if I'm hearing you correctly, and I could be wrong, it seems like you went zero to fully observant relatively quickly. Or, I mean, most people that I know that have made that transition, it's a long time from like their first exposure to, to Judaism to becoming fully, you know, Shomer Mitzvot. What, what was your timeline like? Uh, the timeline was gradual. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know... I was still, I looked different from everybody else. So I was holding on a lot to that identity, but also trying to be open and learn and make new friends and get involved. So it was all a gradual process. I'm still here, keeping the commandments, holding the Torah. There's actually a minion that's been going on right here in the place that's hosting us Mm -hmm. um, throughout the summer. And it's been, it's been it's been really nice for the summer activities, for the make a Maori, for the for something to do. I've been bringing my son. He just actually, that's another another thing. He actually just had his bar mitzvah. So it's been a very, very uh, nice time. And it's been uh, time for me to be a proud papa, to be sit there and sit with my son and have him um, uh, participate and be involved in the menu name here. Beautiful. Hodiah. Hodiah. Yes, glory. Well, that's how I would translate that. Okay, I just want to draw a little more of your story because it's 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 fascinating and phenomenal. Question: Does in fact Rastafarianism that you experienced is there any connection to Judaism? I know they consider themselves one of the lost tribes, I think. And but in terms of anything else, is there any overlap? There's absolutely a connection. There's okay. a there's a complete overlap, and it's very interesting because I was in. Uh, yeshiva with long dreadlocks. I was out of many one, as they say. Uh-huh. And um, uh, that was a very interesting experience. But that was actually one of the questions that a lot of the Rebbeim, they'd come up and actually ask me personally and stuff. They would be like, you know, so do you think there's a connection? So you're not the only person that has come and asked me that connection. I say, absolutely, there's a connection between um, uh, Rastafarianism, Judaism, Five books of Moses, the heart and soul of the Jewish people. I'd absolutely, absolutely say there's a connection that we're all one. There's a lot still to transpire as we go down the road. I mean, okay. At what point did you decide you want to fully be Shomer Mitzvot, like observe Shabbat, 
kashrut, etc. What point was there? I mean, I know it's a gradual thing, but oftentimes there's like some moment where people feel, okay, this is the there, this is the path that I want to take. This is right for our family. And oftentimes it can happen with the meeting of a spouse, right? Uh, or it's their own personal journey. So was there a, do you remember that? Was there a moment or an event? I will say there was, there, there was a moment. It was actually after I got back from my first trip from Israel, because the truth is, is that after I went to Jamaica, I went to Israel. I was like, let me see what's mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really, really going on. Mm-hmm. And so I came back from Israel, and this was late 90s, late 90s. After that, I was like, you know what? This is this is the path. I'm in my mid-20s. And like I said, it's been over 20 years now. I'm still holding the same, reading my Tehillim and my Psalms, involved with... Um, uh, keeping the commandments, doing the prayers, the davening. And I would say that what's been really helpful is that I've been blessed to be exposed to so many wonderful and unique teachers along the way. I've had the experience to attach myself to some pretty old school Hasidic rebbies. And um, that's been that's been an experience in themselves just to sit and you know, learn with them every day. You actually, they say that like when you learn Torah with somebody, you actually, you, you, you join souls. You, mm-hmm. Your souls, they, they bind or they join. There's a, there's a Kesher at that moment. And so when I came back from Israel, I decided this is it. This is for life. And uh, it's just been a gradual, organic growth that has led to a lot of davening, a lot of praying, a lot of studying, meeting a lot of good people, Simcas, a lot of going around and having really, really interesting conversations with um, uh, very beautiful people. And what I want to say is, is that one of the really good things is that the meals that we've been having out here, the kiddishes in the bay, and 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 everybody that be coming through because Berkeley's actually kind of a place where everybody comes in. You got a lot of intellectuals coming in, but it's also a place where a lot of people come in from Israel. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of people out here that they get inspired and they, they go and they, they make Aliyah, they move to Israel. And so the Bay area is full, especially Berkeley and stuff is full of people who they've just been so inspired by what's been in front of them that they've decided that they've wanted a little bit more and they've wanted to uh, go and explore the Holy land. And, um, uh, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been, a, it's been, it's been a blessing to be out here in Berkeley and be involved with the community out here. Nice. And did you guys live in Israel for a year? Is that We did. We made Aliyah. Okay. Why'd you come back? So we came back during the first time they used the iron dome. Okay. For we those a child, of you- small child, uh-huh. And um, uh, we um, uh, held on to our house for a while and went back and forth for a while because uh, the eventual, we, we wanted to have a holiday home because people people who are really, really, really doing well, they, they get to a certain place and they, and they, they want to they wanna, they wanna have a place where they can go for the hagim and, and um, uh that's what we wanted to do at the time. After we came back, we're like, well, let's just hold the place for a holiday home. We'll like, 
will go and we'll have the place for um, uh, uh, for the Hagim, and maybe we could possibly rent it out. But it's very, it's very, it's very expensive, and um, uh, that's that's a, that's a whole other story. But we 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 lived there. We went back and forth for a while, but it's uh, we 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 want to return, especially since our son just got bar mitzvah, because now it's really, really a time to to um, uh, uh, let them experience. So really, you felt like, and, and this is something that is not uncommon. Like maybe not the safest place to raise a young child. Is that kind of largely the impetus for, for coming back? Because some people feel multitude of ways about this. Some people feel like it's it's way safer there. Some people feel differently. But yeah. no, it's 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 definitely it's definitely a good place to raise your kids. I encourage anybody that has the inspiration. And the um, uh, and the drive, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, pocketbook. <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> if you can if you can make it happen. Eretz Israel, Eretz Kodesh. Raise your kids. You know, um, uh, it's a Yerusha. It's an inheritance. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a, it's a zakut. It's a merit. And if you can do it, do it. Yeah, amen. Okay, so any advice that you would give to someone if someone's listening to this podcast or watching and they're thinking about converting or thinking about, you know, there's a lot of people that listen from all over the globe and uh, maybe some are, are thinking, oh, maybe that's a path for me. What would you recommend or what would you suggest? You got to really want it, people, and it's got to come from the inside. Pray and pray again. Pray some more. Hashem is there. Hashem will help you. Amen. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now with yoga, kundalini, meditation. Tell me a little bit of the landscape of what you're what you're offering these days. Um, I'm teaching kundalini yoga these days and meditation. I teach it actually from um, uh, various perspectives. I, I like to teach it from a Jewish perspective, meaning that I like to teach um, uh, meditation with words from the Torah, words from the Psalms, how somebody can connect and feel more, I would say, in alignment with the words that they're speaking while they're praying. That's kind of a, a short introduction, but it's, it's very multi-layered and there's a lot to it. So, so if you have any more. Yeah. And, and do, you, do you teach online, in person? Where could somebody go to, to, to learn from you? Uh, I teach, I teach in person primarily. Um, you can go to, uh, threadofgraceyoga.com. You can check out my website or kundalinicoach.net. And I offer private classes for people that are interested in learning about meditation, uh, kundalini yoga. I also teach qigong. And right now I primarily, uh, uh, freelance teach around the Bay Area, and I teach on a military base, and I've been teaching there for over a year. Nice. So, the question I always get asked: I teach Jewish meditation, also is like, well, what makes it Jewish? Isn't it just vipassana with a talus, <laughs> or isn't it just you know metal loving kindness practice in Hebrew? What what in your opinion makes what you are teaching uh, Jewish meditation as opposed to something else well i wouldn't label it as jewish meditation i'd label it as meditation that you can use for your jewish practice and it can help you increase your help you go deeper 
is really what I like to say. Just help you just go a little bit deeper and um, uh, explore because there's many, many, many levels and many, many, many ways to serve Hashem Yitbarak HaKodesh Baruch Hu within the fonts of Halakha De Rabbanon. Yeah, I mean, they used to say the, the ancient mystics would meditate for an hour before prayer and then an hour afterwards, right? And I actually, I got to do that for five days. That's right, it's in track tape recote, I think. Yeah, it is very powerful, to put it mildly. Really, for me, meditation really saved my life and my mind and my sanity 25 years ago, and I've been doing it literally every day since. So certainly I would encourage you to connect to Nathaniel, uh, start a practice of your own because it, look, if it only makes you 1% happier in life, it's worth it, right? If it makes you a 1% better person in the world, and then there's certainly multiple layers that, that can come after that. So definitely encourage you to connect him as well. Now, Kundalini yoga, as opposed to other types of yoga, just kind of give a little short devar on why Kundalini, what differentiates it? Kundalini yoga is actually like a multifaceted yoga. It's called the yoga of awareness, and within it, there is all the branches of yoga. And um, it has several different components. It has breath work, it has chanting, and it has postures. What I really, really have found interesting about it, what somebody could use um, uh, to help uh, deepen their prayer especially if they're somebody who reads the Siddur, reads the book of, uh, book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, is to um, start working with chanting Amen. That's like one of the, that's one of the first things that you can do to, um, uh, that's, it's, it's not only is it a word of power, but it's a word that they say actually is a seal to uh, make your prayer Make it be so. So one way, to, one way to do it is, is that you got this section in the back, of, or not in the back, but in the Shakri, in the, in the Sidur. Uh, it's right before the Amidah. And there's a section where you say Atahu. It's, uh, I think it starts with Ezra Abotena, right? It's like mm -hmm. the, the help of our forefathers. Is that's, how you, that's how you translate it. Mm -hmm. And Atahu means... Like you are he. You are right? yeah, yeah. Right. You you are you are you are you are you are him. And uh -huh. so who also an interesting word to meditate on, but amen. Every time you say amen, you can start to say it by extending how you say it, by projecting it smoothly in a um uh, in a pleasant voice, and I'll give you one example. So what they say about Amen is, is that it has first it has it starts with the letter Aleph or Ah. As um, uh, one of the primordial sounds that, that we make, you have um, uh, the alphabet, you have alpha beta, you have aleph ba, and you have aleph bay. There's a connection to it all. But ah is the um, uh, primordial sound that we make, like when you go to the doctor and they say, they tell you to stick out your tongue and you say ah. So that's 
that's that's this is just like you know basic stuff so oh this is good so in someone if they were doing that practice they would they would chant that over and over and over and over and over or more silently in their mind as like a mantra what, what do you suggest i would i would suggest um during your prayer services especially like when you're a community say it with heart don't try and overpower people try and do it with project it with a smooth with a smoothness mm -hmm. if you can mm -hmm. and um uh say it again and again and again but basically you want to join the community because what you're looking to do is is that you're looking to create a group frequency that's why people pray in prayer and so that's actually where a lot of the magic happens is when you hit that group frequency and everybody can kind of feel it because it's 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 thick. Everybody hits the same note. It's it's called harmony. You know, when somebody's doing uh, what they call it, acapella song. Acapella. Yeah. Uh -huh. When they're doing uh -huh. it, you got uh -huh. like three people and stuff, and yeah. and they hit like that. They hit that note. So you can you can the first place good place to start with your meditation is doing that amen. And so amen is very interesting because um uh, it is like. As I mentioned before, it is a seal that you can mm -hmm. use to seal your prayer. Amen. Yeah, I think in last week's Parsha, there's this whole section where there's two different different tribes standing on different mountaintops, and they they all say one thing, and everyone over here says, Amen. I like to translate it as right on, or may it be so, or truth. I heard a little Torah once that uh, there was, I forget which Rebbe it was. He said his entire goal was to say a complete shacharit with full kavana, with full presence, with full intention. That was his life goal. And then quickly he realized that that was a highly difficult thing to do. So he, he shortened the goal to just the Amidah, just the 18 blessings with full kavana, full presence, no distractions, no distracting thoughts. Then he realized that that was really, really challenging too. So then he said, well, maybe I'll just say the response to, to the Kaddish, you know, Yehishmei Rabbah with full kavana, full intention, one time and then eventually he shortened it to just saying amen one time with full kavana right because like there's something about the gift of the moment which is why they call it the present right and you unwrap it you got to be fully in it so i think this is a great practice to start with whether it's in your mind or even out loud i think both uh work in concert that's real that's real good that you mentioned it because there's actually three ways that you can meditate you can you can uh, say things in a whisper, you can say things verbally, or you can say things internally. Beautiful. I've been thinking about this and I've been on several retreats lately and I feel like the people that I know, we could do something amazing. So let's- Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely into doing, doing yoga retreats, getting people together, creating group harmonies, feeling the presence of the magic because it's when you have community together that you really feel that 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 octu mm -hmm. and, and so it's unity unity you know, so that octu you know is is also um what they say uh is the definition of yoga which is union union absolutely we're getting ready for rosh hashanah here we are we're coming back again i had this i had a couple things happen recently that were very powerful i was meditating and i i had this moment of seeing my entire life is just basically one sitting meditation to the next and some stuff that happens in between it was like this holographic tunnel of all these 25 years daily meditation and sometimes i feel that way about the hagim as well and shabbat specifically too basically your entire life is just one shabbat to the next and some stuff happens in between that's 
basically it. Time is flying. It's right? moving by fast. It's and moving by fast. and same with Rosh Hashanah. So what does this Rosh Hashanah mean to you and your family? And maybe you can give us a little tour on it. Oh, my gosh. This Rosh Hashanah that's coming up. Um, there's there's a lot of things. I'd like to send out the prayer for Claude Israel, Am Sugala, that we am, uh, we actually be and do what we're called to do, to hold the Torah, keep the commandments, be a righteous people. For this Rosh Hashanah, I wish everybody that needs a healing or a full shlema. I wish everybody shalom bite because that's really something that's like needed is that peace in the homes. Wish, what is it? Um, good education for the children. May they be guided, have the good guidance right now. And may they be protected. May they be given good principles and good foundations so that they can survive and have the proper skills to um, uh, navigate through this world. And may we all pick up books just a little bit more. Feel the paper. Put down the screen. Don't over-mouse so much. But get back into some good book learning if we can because the digital divide that's happening right now is for real. And so keep your books in your hand. Read books. That's what I got to say. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to have to do another episode because I know you're a fountain of wealth and there's a lot more... Uh, um, fountain of wisdom and wealth, but uh, I want it to people to experience more of your knowledge. So we'll definitely have to do a part two, but for now we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Any, any last things that you want to share? Yeah. I want to say that again, that has been, I want to say again, that it's, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience in that community Community is really, really everything. And we've been so blessed to have the rabbis that we have out here and the teachers out here in the Bay Area. And uh, it's just been a moment of pause because I've been, it's, 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 it's been a long time. And, the, and Saul asked, you know, is there anybody, I, I actually want to like, you know, give a shout out. I want to say give thanks, you know, to, um, uh, to the host of this place is letting us have this podcast. If he was here, I would actually have him blow the show far for us, but he's not here right now. He's out probably doing a mitzvah for some good deed. Um, <laughs> we can find a chauffeur around here. I bet we can do oh, there's, it. There's, there's one, yeah. one, 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 one right behind you. Because we are, we are supposed to do that. So if Saul wants to do it. Yeah. Turn the volume down, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a little tequila. Okay. Tequila.
Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a quick blessing before we go. Hashem should bless you and your family with Simcha, Shalom, Parnasa, and that the the wellspring of knowledge that you have acquired over the last 20, 30 years and immersing yourself in our tradition um, should be easily accessible to people that come to you for that knowledge because you have a specific vehicle, specific way of delivering the content that's unique to you. And there's certainly a Midrash that says lights from outside of Torah have to come through the Torah to shine new insights. And you are certainly one of those bright lights. And I just want to bless you with great success. And most importantly, Shalom. Amen. God bless you, soul. Nice to have you, my man. Shana Shana Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Holy Sparks Podcast. I'm your host, Saul K. Please subscribe to the channel. It helps us more than you know. Drop a review. Share this with friends and family, people you think would enjoy the content. And we'll see you on the next episode.